0: We know that I love Roche Review um, by Blueprint, and they have so many great resources, so whether you're looking for Cubanks, Pants Review courses, now is the time, and usually there's some special stuff, so go check it out. All right, we're back with part two of talking about being a Dermatology PA with Archana. I hope you enjoy this, and stay tuned for an announcement about our next Day in the Life series. Welcome to the Pre-PA Club Podcast. If you want to learn how to become a physician assistant, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Savannah Perry. Let's get to it. I wanna thank My PA Resource and PA School Prep for sponsoring the Pre-PA Club podcast. So My PA Resource is a personal statement editing service that edits only PA school essays only edited by PAs. And most of us have admissions experience. So I am one of the editors. Definitely check them out if you need help with your content, grammar, flow, making sure that you are on track for turning in your application and you can use the code FuturePA PA for a discount on any of their service options. PA School Prep is an online course that focuses on the anatomy, physiology, and med terms that you'll need for PA school to make sure you feel confident going into that first semester and that you are able to handle what PA school throws at you. So check that out at paschoolprep.com and also use the code futurePA for a discount there. All right, y'all. Thanks for listening. Um, so the first part of today's episode actually posted back in August on August 7th. Um, so if you didn't listen to that, you may want to go back and take a listen. Um, but just answering more questions today about my job as a dermatology PA. And I'm really excited because the next day in a life event will be on October 1st. I am not, I'll be posting on social media exactly who is doing that. Um, cause I'm recording this ahead of time, but Be on the lookout for that and make sure you're signed up. And all of these day-in-the-life events are added to a course. If you go to prepacourses.com, it's free. You can sign up and watch kind of the replays of that there. And we'll be adding them to the podcast as well. So however you like to watch or listen, we try to make it as easy as possible for you. Um, But thank you so much for listening to the podcast. At this point, we I can't believe we're over three years now. Um, I, don't, how, I guess we'll keep it going. But um, I'm so happy to have this great community. If you're not in our pre-PA club on Facebook, check it out. Um, we also have the forum on the platform.com now. So if you have any questions that you want to post anonymously, you can always post them there. And then, of course, you can always reach out to me on social media or wherever you um, like to hang out. So, all right, we'll get into this quickly today so you can hear all about the rest of my job as a Derm PA. And then I hope to see you guys on October 1st. Um, all right. How do procedures work with your schedule? Do you have set days and times or does it mix in? Um, I prefer set times. So like I, I think I said earlier, like the end of the morning, end of the afternoon, but then if I have to mix it in or, you know, switch it up, it's not a big deal. But, um, we have someone in my office now that's like dedicated to scheduling. So if I ever have a conflict or something, I just let her know and she'll, you know, switch around things or open up procedures um you mentioned your clinic deals yep. with medical surgical and cosmetic cases um is this common in most dermatology clinics it really depends um we have some offices here who don't do any cosmetics we have some that are primarily cosmetics one of my um, best friends from pa school used to work in an office in texas that was strictly surgical and only did Mohs. Um there's a ton of variation there why did you decide to do PA instead of MD? Um, a few reasons. I think I went into college, not sure, as a bio major, which kind of puts you on that pre-med track. Um, I never felt strongly about medical school. Like, I just never felt like, oh my gosh, I need to be a doctor. I want to go to medical school. It was more like healthcare is interesting, medicine's interesting. I think I'd like to do that. And so... Um, I think I just kind of researched everything, looked at it, I knew about the PA profession. Um, after freshman years when I really did shadowed and I shadowed a doctor and a PA who worked together. So I got to see like them work separately and together. and I just I very much saw myself in the PA role. Like we were very similar types of people. I really like the teamwork component. I like kind of that collaboration. Um, and I'm also someone who just, I like to work and I like things to happen quickly. And so the idea of like medical school and residency and not being able to like 100% choose the area I wanted to go into, since that's mostly decided by a test score. Um, that just really stressed me out and I was already having anxiety from chemistry and so it just was better for me to go the PA route and I once I decided I was like at complete peace with that I never looked back never felt like I needed to go to med school or anything okay what is the most rewarding part of being a derm PA or PA in general Um, I mean Derm is nice because it is one of the areas of medicine that's somewhat like instant gratification. Um, Maybe not completely instant, but you can see it and your patients can see it. So if someone comes in with a rash or a spot, like I can make that go away. And so when they see it go away and they come back for follow-up, they're so happy because either they're not itchy or their rash is gone. And so that's a very rewarding part of part of the profession versus if you fix someone's high cholesterol they probably aren't really going to be able to tell and may not be as appreciative so um i really i like i like treating acne patients um especially i think just like you can see a difference in their confidence and that's really cool challenges as a pa i heard, like so this is hard because I really don't feel, like, that many challenges as a PA. Um, I mean, yeah, sometimes patients don't know what we do. That's true. Um, or don't want to see us. But that doesn't really bother me. Um, in Georgia, PAs pretty much, I mean, are, are well-respected. We have what I would call, like, good autonomy. Um, and so, I, I mean, I think... Yeah, I don't really, I don't see it as a challenging profession, but most people would say like the PAs.
1: I would say for us, like it it just depends on where you practice. Like Savannah said, um, Hawaii doesn't, like they just opened their first PA program. So like the profession is not well known in Hawaii. Nurse practitioners are kind of saturating um, the advanced practice provider um, realm here that is probably gonna change with this PA program coming in. But um, that was a challenge that I faced here, is kind of explaining and educating um, what the role of a PA is. Um, like I said, in my sleep practice, there was no other option. You either see me or you have to go to another sleep center, that was it. Um, and I think that really helps, because the thing is, like I'm one, of, I'm one of those people that like I do my best to educate my patients on the role of a PA in healthcare, my role in their care, I try to involve patients in their own care because living in hawaii there's a lot of cultural um background too there's a lot of culture here and with culture comes traditions including things that people eat so like you said samantha like something as simple as cholesterol right like i mean i can say yeah you shouldn't be eating this but i'm not going to tell somebody who's culturally got this, this like this is like a staple in their diet it's part of their culture you know you try to meet them halfway and that's involving them in their care okay we i I don't want you to eat this, but if we can, let's just like cut back to half. Um, so those are challenges like there's also cultural challenges in that sense to get people to be compliant to then better their health here. Um, and then it's just the lack of education, I think. And and if people want to see a, a physician, if I've educated you and you're still adamant that you want to see a physician because you you're just more comfortable, You can see a physician because at the end of the day, I want you to take care of whatever your issue is. Like, I want it to be seen and I want it to be addressed and I want you to come out better um, health wise. So, it doesn't bother me if they would like to see the physician, but I do definitely try to educate them and say, hey, like, I can do the same thing. And if I need my physician, I also can contact my physician. Right. you know, if it'll make you feel comfortable, and I will, I will call my physician with those patients, you know, um, so every once in a while, i have one,
0: I guess a couple weeks, I had one that was like, so am I seeing the doctor? And (laughs) I was like, I was dying, like, I'd already done everything. And I was like, um, well, not today, you're not scheduled with her. But you know, if you want to see her in the future, that's perfectly fine. they're like, No, no, that's fine. I was like, well, honestly, like, you don't want me to have to get the doctor. If I have to get the doctor, that means you have something really weird going on. (laughs) And he was like, Oh, yeah, don't get the doctor. (laughs) <laughs> um, but it was funny. Like it was just like a routine skin check. Like he was totally fine. Um, but yeah, and that's what, I mean, like I think patient compliance and issues that's gonna be an issue in healthcare, like no matter what what role you're in. Um, but like in Georgia, PAs and MPs are essentially the same. Like we are identical um, and especially where I'm at, like the PA program is so well established that PAs are preferred um, for sure. Um. Hold on. What do I do? Do I think there may be PA job saturation in the future? Um. Maybe some, but like I think I think it just depends on where you want to work. Like I like I said, I stayed in like a suburban area, and none of my classmates in this area had trouble getting jobs, and a lot of us have switched jobs, never had trouble finding one. Um, people who went to like Atlanta. They had trouble finding jobs because it is more saturated, especially with experienced PAs. So like you may have to work somewhere, like compromise on your location to get the experience, but then move to where you want to be to get the job you want. Pros and cons of PA residencies. Um, I actually have like a whole podcast episode on this um, where I talked to two different ER PAs, one that did a residency and one who didn't. Um, And they kind of like compare this exact question. So if you Google like the PA platform podcast residency, it should pop right up. Um, Or if you message me on Instagram, I'll send it to you. Let's get the like pre-PA questions for now. Um interesting cases. Let me think. Um that erosive pustular dermatosis one was interesting. Contact reactions are interesting. So when people come in and usually it's like tiny blisters in a certain area. Um I had one recently that was like on her face and hands. Um because that is like a mystery like we have to try to figure out what they're coming in contact with that's making them break out in these certain areas so I mean it can be I had one girl um, she was in college and it kept happening to her and we figured out it was her roommate burning a candle like literally the like fragrance from the candle was becoming airborne and making her have this reaction Um, and so trying to figure it out that's really interesting what else have I had? That's interesting cases. I've had um, disseminated HSV. So somebody came in and who had her- herpetic vesicles on their entire body, like scalp everywhere. It was wild. We had to send him into the hospital. Um, I had a melanoma patient who um, had these black dots come up right here in her scalp and onto her forehead. Um, that was. She actually didn't have any meds, which was good, but, like, that was a crazy one. That was one that I walked in the room, and I was like, this is not good, and I walked out to get my physician. I mean, like, it, I knew right away that it was, um, yeah, like, a really bad melanoma. Um, I've had melanoma in a 27-year-old. That was actually my very first melanoma I found. It was on her back. Um, but, yeah, really for all all kinds of things never know i'm gonna get um ways to stand out for dermatology i think if you can get some experience like at least on an elective or shadowing it's helpful just like confirm that you know you want to do it um other than that it's all gonna really just be personality and like getting to the interview and being able to kind of you know make a good impression and also get along well with your supervising physician that's that's ultimately why I was hired like we got along very well Mm, how did you get into derm um so kind of like that like my preceptor I knew a job was opening I guess I haven't really covered this um I knew a job was opening and I told my surgery preceptor that I was interested in getting into derm and so he um I hope we saw the internet Um, but he, um, made the call to get me, like, put in a recommendation for me, and I'd send in my resume, and so then I went and interviewed, and then I did a day of shadowing, um, and then I was offered the job. Besides new patients, do the follow-ups get assigned to you in a specific way? Um, yes, some. So, like, I'll see some of, um, either the physician or the PA's follow-ups, especially if they aren't there that day or they need to come in. Um, I don't know if it's done a specific way. I don't honestly, like, pay attention to that. But, um, but yeah, we, I kind of, I do see some other people's follow-ups. How did I practice biopsies on very willing patients? Um, and I mean, we would always ask them and a lot of the patients were perfectly fine with me doing a biopsy, but um, I mean, I, I had the basic skills to do one, like a shave biopsy isn't very difficult, a punch biopsy, I knew how to suture and that's the main thing you need to know how to do. What's the process of changing specialties? Um, that would be if you, I mean, you just have to find somewhere that wants to train you. So, like, I would, if I wanted to go into cardiology, I would get a job as a cardiology PA. And then did I go away? Or did you just go away? You went away. Okay. Um, I still can't, I can't hear you. But I can see you now. Um, but, yeah. Can you can hear me now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, maybe I'm no, frozen, never- but I'm just going to keep talking. Never. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. So, then you, they would just train me, like, as a, I would have to do a lot of review, but I could potentially do that. Um, as far as pay, like, so the average, just in general of the average salary of a new grad PA is around like 80,000. I think the range is like 75 to 85,000. Um, There's a lot of controversy about pay in dermatology because some practices will want you to come on on a training salary um, that's a little bit lower until you get established, Um, and so yeah, there's a lot of controversy about that, but uh, eventually most derm PAs do also get like a production bonus since we are very procedural based. Generally, do I feel like PAs are underpaid? Not if they're good at negotiating and willing to walk away from jobs that they should walk away from. I'm like a very big proponent about um, like strong negotiations
1: and knowing your worth. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's uncomfortable, but like it has to be
1: done.
0: Yeah. Ooh, this is a good one. Um, what are the characteristics of a bad PA? Um, so, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I think, <laughs> like, like, uh, I think of a PA who wants to be a doctor, like, and they're out there, like, they should have gone to med school because that's what they wanted to do. And so, um, you know, I've heard of and known of PAs who, like, won't introduce themselves as a PA and won't correct someone if they like call them a doctor like don't clarify their credentials and i don't think that's right um yeah and i like not knowing the limits of your knowledge i mean i've definitely had referrals or again heard stories of and i've seen actually firsthand pas who think they can handle things they can't and they should have asked for help um even doctor like a good doctor knows when to ask for help and so like, that's just actually being a good human and a good healthcare care provider. Um, and so I think just being arrogant in that sense and thinking you can handle stuff you can't. Um, other than that, I mean, like, there's
1: always going to be good, good ones and bad ones. <laughs> yeah, I think, the, I think the whole, like, introducing, you know, or not introducing yourself, but like somebody calls you a doctor, so and so, and you don't correct it. I think that's just as. This. I mean, I I agree with you. Um, I I feel like, you know, you're you're a PA. Like, be proud of your profession. Like, you didn't you didn't get into this to be a doctor, right? If you did, you're in the wrong profession. So, you should. And and again, this is why this this is only contributing to the fact that people aren't educated about PAs because you're just allowing people to call you a doctor know, yeah. and really and. You're not a physician but you are very very capable of doing many of the things a physician's capable you know physician does um definitely with the education um although they do have those like newer programs out there that are like the, the doctorate of medical sciences which is geared towards pa's that want to go into education they're it's made five pa's four pa's um i feel like that's gonna get into like a controversial you know, topic of discussion, too, once there's more of them out there. But technically, they have under doctorate, you know. But, again, you have to educate and you still need to explain that you are a physician assistant. Well,
0: that's right. So, like, in Georgia, it's illegal, even if you have your doctorate, to refer to yourself as Dr. Dr. So-and-so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, like, my teachers that had, like, their doctorate could not, in a clinical setting, be Dr. Doctor. So-and-so. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, and I'll, so, I mean, and to be honest, like, I'll correct a patient once, like, if they, because yep. some of them, they just, like, don't listen, they just or don't they, yeah, they're get it. Yeah, yeah, they just don't they get it. Don't. so, like, if they're, like, well, doctor, doctor, like, whatever, I'm, like, no, I'm, I'm Savannah, I'm the PA, and then if they're still, like, you're a great doctor, I'm, like, not a doctor, <laughs> but thanks, like,
1: yeah, <laughs> um, uh. I will talk about sleep med after, after Savannah's done. Yeah. And telemedicine, I did some telemedicine
0: for a while. We stopped. Um, yeah. there were definitely technical challenges kind of like tonight. Um, I don't know what like also it's just very funny. Like being in Durham, like people will show, will still like show you anything <laughs> and it's really funny. Like, yeah. Um, very interesting during telemedicine and dermatology
1: but for me fine. i think telemed for me was um being in sleep was actually good like in derm i could see it because you for sleep the physical exam doesn't really change if you're going to order a study or not everybody gets a study um so I, yeah i can see the challenges with that too i know it like urgent care and even our family our pcp was doing telemed and thing is you lose the you know you lose the the physical exam part so for specialties that require a good physical exam to direct therapy or workup or treatment plan um yeah i mean telemedicine definitely limits and even for you students right like anyone that's allowing you guys to shadow via telemed you're missing out on like learning the physical exam um really learning the interaction between the provider and the patient bedside manner things like that so definitely limitations
0: how to tell, pointers on how to tell if a job is worth pursuing as a PA. I think shadowing if you can is great. Like I interviewed at three different jobs and I spent at least half a day shadowing at all of them. Um, and so I think that, you know, helps you to see how you're going to get along with everyone, see the flow. Um, if a PA has worked there before that you can talk to, I think that's great, um, to get their insights. They're going to, they're going to be honest with you or you're going to be able to tell if they um there were any red flags that they are maybe indicating um how did you get your second durham job were they hired at the time or did they create a position for you um they did create a position for me so i um I started, knowing I was going to put in my resignation, I started kind of putting out some feelers. And one of my friends who had been a local, darn PA, had been there previously, but she moved. And so I just texted her and was like, hey, do you think that this doctor would want a part-time PA? Um, And she was like, let me ask. And so she got in touch with her and she was like, she absolutely wants you um she's going to contact you blah blah blah. and so um then she got in touch i went the next day um and and it was funny she was like can you come this afternoon and i like wasn't ready at all like got ready real quick and went over there um and so we talked and she was like yeah i think you know we have space here we've had someone part-time in the past Um, and she works, so my doctor works Mondays half a day, because in the afternoon she goes and works at the prison, um, doing dermatology there, which is really interesting. Um, she's there all day Tuesdays, and then she switches off every other Wednesday and Friday, um, and the other PA is there Monday through Thursday, and I'm there right now Mondays and Tuesdays. Um, but yeah, they, they created a spot for me and I am so, so thankful that they did. It was, yeah, it's been really, really good. Um, do I still feel imposter syndrome sometimes? Um, not really anymore. Like I do, I I do feel confident and I think I said before, like, like what I know and what I don't know. Um, so I wouldn't say... Yeah, I wouldn't say I feel like that much in my derm job, like, in life in general, yeah, but, um, not so much there. What's your favorite part of your job being a PA? Um, free sunscreen. No, I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) kind of. Um, but no, I, I really do like treating acne patients. I would say that's my favorite, um. Sometimes they can be difficult, like teenagers don't want to talk to me, but like some of them are really really cool. So I really, I do like treating treating acne um, and just seeing the improvement there, but it is actually like one of the parts of my job is I have not bought sunscreen, face wash, moisturizer, like any of that since I started in dermatology. Like I get a lot of samples and get to try some stuff. So. Um, that's nice, and I get, like, discounts on skincare stuff. I get free Botox. Everyone always asks that, if I get free Botox, and the answer is yes. So, um, what do patients call you? They call me Savannah, and, like, I've heard of PAs who go by, like, P.A. Perry or whatever, but that's weird to me. You're, like, P.A. Savannah, like, no, they just call me Savannah. Uh Uh-oh, we had a freeze. I think it's bad. Have I ever felt uncomfortable asking your supervisor for help or, like, your questions or concerns were not welcome? No. I mean, I can tell they're busy sometimes. So, and I tell the patients, I'm like, listen, like, I'll try to get so-and-so in here. Um, but, like, maybe they're gone for the day or they're in a procedure and then I'll tell them that and I'll, you know, tell them, I'll talk to them and we'll get back to the patient. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I don't have any trouble like me I'll just go and be like hey I have a patient if you could pop in with me that would be great like you can see your next one or finish what you're doing um but like both of the doctors I've worked with are both literally like no I'm coming like it's fine which is really cool what's your favorite procedure to perform and why hmm I probably I like doing all of them I like suturing like just in general um, but I really like doing we have this um, v-beam or candela laser it was actually in my old office we have a different one here but that laser is really cool because it targets vessels of the face and like red spots so if you have like a cherry mangioma on you um, so with the vessels like ones that people get around their nose it makes them instantly go away and it's like the coolest thing so it's like I line it up and I zap it and then the wine just goes away and I just always thought that was so cool so I like that um, have you ever had a patient with trichotillomania yes usually children sometimes adults um, how often are you coordinating with other specialties for your patients Occasionally not a ton, so we'll have some rheumatology referrals, but we handle a lot of that on our own. Um, sometimes patients will want to go to allergy, but allergy referrals are actually not very helpful in derm at all. Um, we do work with a Mohs surgeon, and so that's where the majority of our referrals go, Mohs or plastic surgery. Um, But yeah, occasionally we have to work with other specialties. If I have, like, an Accutane patient, um, sometimes I have to get with their primary care pediatrician about stuff, too, so we could kind of talk to different people. Have I come across any Canadians in U.S. programs? I think so. How do you tell someone really bad news without getting too emotional and tips? Um. So, in general, I'm not a super emotional person, um, so I wouldn't say that, like, I struggle with this, and, I mean, and, like, that's not to say I don't care, but, like, I just, I, I don't get super emotional about things, and I think this is, like, probably the opposite of what happens, but, like, how, since having a child, like, I'm, like, less emotional about other stuff, um, and so, like, I mean, I think just being there for the patient. Also on my surgery rotation, since I was dealing with a lot of breast cancer patients, um, I learned a ton about delivering bad news. I think, and if you can do like a cancer focused rotation, you'll learn a lot there. Um, and just kind of being there for the patient, you know, answering their questions, um, being positive and while still presenting the facts and being realistic about things too. Um, and so, yeah, it didn't just takes practice, too, of, of being able to kind of separate yourself from situations and not take things home with you too much, too. Um, typical day, I don't know if I answered this, but um, I get to work around 8, if I'm on time, um, do my pathology, start seeing patients from 8 to around 11, 30, 12. Um, bless you. Um, and then, um, I always get a lunch break, usually 12 to one. And then sometimes we'll have reps bring lunch, but sometimes not. Sometimes I go home for lunch. Um, and then see patients from one to, I think my last patient's at three fifty. So usually I'm walking out the door by four 30 and getting home. So, uh, thoughts on traveling PAs. I think probably best to have some experience to do that um let's see oh this one okay non-derm question since both of you are married to men in medicine were you single during pa school or the application process i've heard that the majority of pa school students are single so i'm wondering what your experience has been um so i was i was engaged Yeah, when I started PA school, I got married in between the first and second year of PA school. Um, And then a lot of my friends, I guess a lot of my friends at the beginning were single, but then they, like, got engaged or started dating during PA school and got married, like, afterwards. I don't know if that answers your question, but... Hey, you're
1: muted. Oh. Oh. Oh yeah, I was saying I feel like for me what really helped was um I was similarly, like I was engaged when PA school started and then I got married like three months before graduation, which was a horrible decision because you had like EORs and like what was the thing? I don't even know. The OSCE. Yeah. I think. It was just a lot of stuff going on like right before graduation. And my school is also in the quarter system, so it was the second to last quarter. So anyway, a lot of exams and um I think the one thing that was really nice about having a spouse and I don't know where your husband was in his training, Savannah, but like mine was in residency in Hawaii. So we also had the long distance thing, which makes it hard. I mean, generally, long distance relationships are harder. But the thing is, you're so busy in PA school that like you really don't have time and you lean on your classmates. Like my class was super close. I, I I was in a class of 24. Everybody was really, really close um i always like i'm a big supporter of getting involved in pa school like i was class president definitely don't have to be president I've, i'm not gonna lie it, it it's a lot of work but it was nice because there's a distraction outside of school that also like keeps you away from remembering that your significant other is is really far away um but my husband because he was in residency he understood the rigors of of school like in me- like in you know medical training um so that was nice because he wasn't nearly as needy like he wasn't needy at all during PA school whereas I was really needy when he was in med school like I didn't get it I didn't understand it you know like so I do think there's benefit um of of being with someone who understands you know um that's all sometimes our our conversations now though like we have to like tell ourselves we're not talking about medicine because that's the other thing I don't know if that you guys Savannah but like like, you know, we're both, like, excited about, you know, to talk about this one, like, crazy thing we saw during the day, but we have to, like, kind of backtrack away yeah. from talking about medicine.
0: Yeah, it's nice to, like, debrief and, like, understand where each other's coming from. But, yeah, we were on, like, completely parallel paths. So, like, we started at the exact same time. Um mm. PA and med school. So, like, that first year where we were engaged and both in our first year, like, we didn't see each other, like, maybe uh, once a week, we'd, like, grab lunch or go study in the library, but it wasn't, I mean, like, we, because I lived at home, um, and he lived with roommates, so, like, we just didn't see each other, and it was fine. <laughs> just planned a date in May to get married, and that was it, so. <laughs> All right. How do you negotiate or even ask for a raise? I I mean, so like, like I number one, I'm a proponent of like trying to have a built-in negotiation time or like review. Like, so I was at my yearly review, that we would bring this up. Um, but also like just doing research. I mean, I found like Derm specific resources as like salary and talked to other PAs and kind of came in with my ideal setup, um, and I was fairly firm in that, like I, you know, and even to the point where at one point I had to say, like, if this is what y'all are offering and the best that you can do, I'm not gonna be able to continue working here, um, knowing that that might mean I had to leave, And, and I think my office quickly learned that I don't... Like, I'm not playing when I say those things. Like, I really mean them. Um, and so I just think you have to kind of have confidence in what you're worth, like Archana said earlier. Preference working inpatient versus outpatient, private clinic or hospital, or is it all opportunity-based? So, I mean, in Durham, it's pretty much all private clinics. Um, so I don't necessarily have a preference. I never actually... <laughs> I only had one inpatient rotation and it was psych um which a psych inpatient rotation was rough um so not my preference uh the rare diagnosis it was erosive pustular dermatosis i think that's the one i was talking about do you have to have good skin to be a derm pa i've actually like gotten this question um before and No, I mean, like, I still break out. I don't think I have that great of skin. Um, I think it's gotten better since I've started working in Durham, but, like, I definitely don't have perfect skin. Um, I've also gotten the question, like, do you feel doing cosmetic stuff that you have to, like, look put together and, like, look better when you go into work? And, again, no. I mean, I, (laughs) like, I mean, I try to look presentable, but, like, I also, I don't know. Um, don't feel like that matters that much. So anyway, um, yeah, do you see children at the office often? Yep, we see lots of kids. With seeing around twenty to 25 patients a day, how do you manage your time to also ensure giving patients quality care? Um, so, I do a couple of things. I mean, so, I have my MA, and she goes in and kind of gets a history and review of systems. So, when I come in, it's, it's like, go time. Like, I don't have to do any of that. So, it's, you know, this is what you're here for, um, and we get straight to it. Um, but, like, I always I always make the point of asking the patient, like, every single one. I'm, like, do you have anything, any other skin questions? Anything else going on with your skin? Any other spots? Um, just to give them that opportunity to kind of think of anything else that they want to make sure that we're covering. Um, but like skin is fairly straightforward. I mean, there's just, there are things that are not straightforward, but for the most part, it is straightforward. Um, if somebody wants to know what a spot is, I tell them what it is. Um, if I don't know what it is, it's probably getting a biopsy. And so it's not, there's not a ton of like... I won't say like explanation, like medicines, obviously I'm explaining what to do and how to do it, Um, but it it really just balances out with the people who don't need a lot of explaining um, versus the ones who have a more extensive something going on. So um, yeah, I mean, I don't think, like I, I guess I don't equate necessarily like spending more time with a patient As giving them better quality care because I I respect their time and I like I know they probably have things going on too but if I have someone who just needs to like talk about something that's fine we'll talk about it but um, I try to be really respectful of that how often do you travel or take vacations during the year Um, so Mm -hmm. I only work like I said Mondays and Tuesdays and my husband is off every other week and so um we have like a vacation every other week but we just stay home um but like i mean we'll go to the beach um, my office actually doesn't um track vacation days like they don't care how many vacation days i take um which is nice but i haven't i don't even know if i've taken one yet maybe one day yeah and then like i get christmas off and like all all the big holidays um i still get off yeah let's see did you i had school i i had my my child after school um when i was working talked about a few cases. Um, something I wish, this may be a good one to end on. Um, something I wish I'd been taught in PA school. I feel like I talked about this recently. I don't remember where though. Um, but I feel like what you, and it's just, I don't know that you could teach this, but something that I wish I knew from PA school is that, you're not going to make everyone happy like all of your patients um that was something that pretty early on like the first couple months like I remember I had a patient who the mom was like freaking out which i like i did everything appropriately um it was more like on the patient and patient mom side um which you kind of learn with working with pediatric patients how that can be. Um, but, (laughs) (laughs) um, but I was very stressed out thinking that I done something wrong and that like I wasn't a good PA and all this stuff. And both my husband and my supervising physician were like, you need to chill you did everything correctly. Like if anything, learn to explain this differently or, um, learn that like, no matter how you explain it, someone's going to freak out. Like it is not your fault. It is fine. And so it was nice to have someone tell me that, but like, it wasn't fun to go through feeling that way. Um, and so I think just, I always try to tell people like you, like, I'm not gonna say you're gonna mess up, you will mess up, but like, you're also just not going to always do everything perfectly, um, or make everyone happy, um, with what you do. And so you have to also like get to the point where you kind of accept that to a degree too. Um, okay, a couple more questions came in. I am on my husband's health insurance at my old office. They paid half of it for just me. Um, but then I'll, I've pretty much always been on my husband's. Um, do you get the same benefits as a part-time PA? I don't, I didn't even ask for benefits cause again, like I'm on my husband's, um, pretty much everything. So, and then I don't know if, I don't even know if they offer retirement. Like I didn't, I don't even think I asked. So,
1: um, all right, so I guess that's all the questions for me. Uh, yeah, thanks for putting this together so quickly, Savannah. It was nice. Sorry about the crazy no, it's weather fine. and difficulties. it happens. It happens. Um, no, I'll I'll stick around for like general questions. I'll I'll answer the ones that were per- that pertain to me or the private messaged ones. Um, and if you guys have anything else, I will um, I will answer those questions too. You guys know where to reach Savannah. Um, she's at the PA platform. Um, of course, she's on Instagram. She has a website. Um, she offers some really great services um, regarding like pre-PA, like mentoring and, and giving you guidance um, as far as getting into PA school. So definitely reach out to her if you have questions. Um